Oregon football has made yet another staff hire, so we'll talk about who that is and why it's a good sign for the Ducks on the defensive side of the ball specifically. An Oregon men's basketball season officially came to an end with a 75-60 loss to Texas A&M in round two of the NIT. And Dana Altman had some comments afterwards. It said a lot, getting to all of it today. On Locked On Ducks, here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked on Ducks. I'm Errol Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster and lifelong Oregon Ducks fan. It's part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you for making this your first listen or your first view if you're watching on YouTube every single day. Like and subscribe to the channel if you're watching. Wherever you're listening to the show, like and subscribe. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms. Five-star reviews, nice comments anywhere. We love to see those as well. Today's episode of Locked on Ducks is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. By the way, I've been seeing a lot of people in the comments section on YouTube. Love the engagement. Always here for it. People are polite. You've got your own opinion. Sometimes you push back on what I say. Totally good with all of it. Love to see it all. So thank you for being engaged with the show and subscribing to the channel. So Oregon football has hired another coach on the defensive side of the ball. And <laughs> I had this thought the other day with the L.A. Rams, and I have this often with them in the NFL because I'm a pro football fan as well, as many of you probably know by now. I don't know where the Rams operate their banking or where they get their money. I swear they have their own currency sometimes. I'm kind of feeling that way with Oregon. Every time the staff feels like it's fully set, all right, we're done. All right, there's no no more hires to be made. It's all good. We're done here. It's all good. We're done. We're set. Here we go. And then Oregon just adds another hire in there. I don't know where we're getting the money from. I mean, there's plenty of money in the Oregon football program to be sure, but there's just a lot of coaches, and this is not a guy in Bob Gregory, the guy who Oregon has most recently brought on, who's just going to be a, a special assistant who will work for almost no money or anything like that. Not the case. So. Many of you may be wondering who exactly is Bob Gregory, and that is what I'm here to tell you today. He was a linebacker at Washington State from 1984 to 1986. Here's an interesting note about that. He was listed on the roster, at least when I was looking him up, as both a linebacker and a defensive back. That is, <laughs> if that's not telling as to how much the game of football has grown and how much better and deeper the athletes are through and through in this wonderful sport we love, I don't know what is. Because what DB could play linebacker today? Jeffrey Boss is the guy who comes to mind, but he's a safety, not a DB. DB is like nickelback or a cornerback, right? You're in there to guard wide receivers. He was both a defensive back, and a linebacker, or at least that's what that's what he was listed as. So thought that was an interesting note. Now, most recently, he was on Washington staff, and he was the Huskies' interim head coach after the whole mess with Jimmy Lake went down, and Jimmy Lake got fired after you know one and a half seasons or whatever it was, 
And that's uh, that's the guy that we're bringing in now who filled in as an interim head coach. He's now on Oregon's defensive staff, which is a good sign on that side of the ball. I'll tell you why in just a moment. But he's been on Washington's defensive staff for each of the last eight seasons. He was the defensive coordinator this past year before being promoted to interim head coach. And he does have a history with the Ducks. He had a couple of stints with Oregon in the early 90s. And most recently, he was the DB coach from 1998 to 2000 when Mike Bellotti was the Ducks head coach. There are three things that I like about this move for the Ducks because his official title is he's being brought on as a defensive analyst. Number one, hiring a former coordinator on your staff who has been a coordinator himself but is not being hired to that position is usually a good indicator of the sort of experience and and depth of talent that you've got on that particular side of the ball. And also, the last eight years with Washington, the offense has been you know kind of come and go. But this past season, the Huskies' defense was not the problem, at least statistically, right? I didn't watch every single Washington game. The one that Oregon played up there in Seattle, it was rainy, it was wet, but the offense wasn't doing a whole lot. Now, Anthony Brown gave them a touchdown early in the game with an interception that he stared down the way I do when I play in, say, 14, and I think I have man coverage on the outside, and I audible to a slant. In fact, it's zone, and I don't see the linebacker shifting over. It happens to the best of us, you know? And they were third in yards per game, the Huskies were this season ago, in the Pac-12, and they were fourth in points per game. So you bring in a guy who is the defensive coordinator for a rock-solid defense in this conference, and he's not even at least in the eyes of the co- this coaching staff, good enough to be a defense coordinator. He's a defensive analyst, which means he'll you know help out on that side of the ball and he'll you know just just kind of be around and, and coaching players here and there. He doesn't have a specific position group to coach. He's just going to help a scheme, I guess. That's kind of what an analyst usually means. You help a scheme. You're around talking to players here and there and all that sort of stuff. But when you bring in somebody for that position who's been a coordinator before, it's a testament to the quality coaches you already have on staff. Two more reasons that I like this hire. I'll tell you, but first I want to tell you about stat here. I love March Madness. As I record this, Arizona just escaped against TCU in another classic thrilling barn burner in March Madness. And I love the brackets. I absolutely do. But I can't remember the last time I actually went deep or even won any money uh, doing March Madness brackets. I'm hedging my bets this year with Stat Heroes NCAA Pick'em Contests. Stat Heroes NCAA Single Game Pick'ems pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players that you can choose if you go with their, their lineups. It's just, it's a lot of fun. They have a bunch of different ways to mix. Uh, they mix fantasy and gambling that's what they're doing here it's a really really simple sleek gameplay that'll have you playing in minutes this is what daily fantasy was meant to be go check out stat hero today the show also brought to you by built bar i placed an order for a bunch of built bars earlier today using promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at built.com why because they're fantastic and i want to have a bunch of them and i'm tired of buying them individually so i'm going to buy them now in bulk and be a little bit more efficient got the idea from costco of course which is one of the greatest companies in the world. You can't change my mind on that. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They are so, so good. They're going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs included, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams 
of protein. That's why they're loaded up in my golf bag now. They give me fuel on the course, keep me loaded, and hitting as many good shots as my body will allow me to do in a given day. Head to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Two more reasons I like this Bob Gregory hire. He's coming from Washington. Now, is that a huge deal? In the grand scheme of things, no. But does it feel good to take a second coach away from your rival as they undergo a coaching change and we underwent a coaching change and you had two guys who are both well-respected, Junior Adams and now Bob Gregory as well, decide that they want to come down to Oregon instead of being up at Washington during the change? It's a sign of a good program, in my opinion. Just It's a small thing, right? It just It never feels bad. Right. It never feels bad to be able to just get a, a little jab in there at your rival like that, that. That's OK. You don't want to go overboard with it, but. You, you, you can you can dabble in it here and there. The third reason and probably the most important that I like this move is I was talking at the beginning of the show about how, man, like where are they getting all the money from? They just, they just keep adding guys, but that's OK. But that's what I like about this coaching staff. And no, we haven't seen them coach a game yet. Can't wait. I, I cannot wait. I'm counting down the days. I think it's 167 as I record this until Oregon football takes on Georgia and Atlanta. Can't wait. The thing that I like about this staff and the when, when they keep making additions like this is they're always looking to get better. Every time we think they're done adding, they keep making new hires. And I like that mindset because it's a growth mindset. It's not a, all right, here are my guys and I'm done and we can't get any better. You got it. No, it's They've had this staff together for a while who have been doing, I think, a really good job in a transitionary year in terms of the offseason. They did a great job with recruiting on National Signing Day. And all reports seem to be that things are going about as well as they could be right now. We'll see how things look come come the spring game as well. But this staff is always looking for you know how they can improve, how they can be better, right? Is Most of these guys have been here for several months, but as time has gone on, they've realized and eh, we have a little bit of a deficiency here. And eh, we might want to add somebody here. And so they go out and get someone who has been a, a full-on coordinator on one side of the ball before to be a defensive analyst. So those are the three reasons that that I like this hire. You know, he, he was part of a good defense a season ago in the last couple of years in Washington. Never hurts to take away from your rival. And they're always looking to get better. And, and that's what you want a coaching staff, right, is – that's what you want them to instill in their players, right? Are guys who want to get better every single day, but that's what you want them to have as well as coaches. You want them to see how they can get better as a staff, as individuals, as coordinators, as play callers, as you know, leaders of young men. That's all something you want to be uh, looking to get better at. So that's a football talk for today. Let's pivot to basketball because Dana Altman, Look, for the most part, he does, you know, what I call coach speak. He's very standard. He's very traditional at the podium. I've talked about that before. But uh, now that the year is officially done, I think he felt in this press conference after their 75 to 60 loss against Texas A&M, the top seed in the NIT in uh, round two. I think he felt like he could let loose a little bit more. And I mean, it wasn't uh, a total bombardment of a press conference where he was just ripping guys up and down. But there were a lot of interesting quotes here from, from our head men's basketball coach. And, you know, the game itself is the NIT. I I'll be honest. I only saw the latter portion of the second half. It never really looked like it was close and, you know, following the game story, whatnot, it just, just wasn't Oregon's day and Folly Dante was back, but Will Richardson was not, he's been sick the last couple of weeks he had uh, apparently Dan Altman said after the game he had mononucleosis, 
better known as mono. And, you know, when you put the nucleosis on there, I always, always think of School of Rock when Jack Black is trying to get them in battle of the bands. And he says, oh, yeah, they're all dying of a rare disease. It's a stick it to the mon neosis. I love that movie. Uh, but apparently he's been dealing with this mono thing going back to the Arizona game, which is kind of when his play started to trend downward. It would explain a lot. I haven't had mono. I know people who have. Doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Uh, the offense was just never there, and the game was never that competitive. And Texas A&M, the most dangerous team in the NIT. I know we're all talking about March Madness, but Oregon men's basketball in the NIT. And A&M was a bubble team. I think Lenardi had them in the field of 68. They ended up missing it. They got to the SEC tournament championship game, lost there to Tennessee, and they were not able to secure an at-large bid. And when you're trying to prove, I mean, they're a talented team who's been playing hot at the end of the year. You add that to a team that's trying to prove that they were worthy of being in the NCAA tournament, that's how you become a dangerous team in the NITs. You have that, that mix of talent and motivation. That's that's how you get a result like this. But Dana Altman after the game had a lot of great things to say and a lot of interesting things to say that sort of went in the other direction. What are they? I'll tell you after I remind you that it's that time of year again and college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. Glorious it is. First weekend in the books. Can't wait for the next two as well. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting, your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So Dana Altman, not usually a chatty guy in the sense that he generates a lot of headlines with a press conference or answering questions, but boy, did he ever. And there were I, there were, there were just so many things to get to, and I'm going to go through all of them. And, and I watched the whole 15, 16-minute press conference after the game against Texas A&M, whatever it was. And if you want to go watch it on YouTube, you can. I'm really not sure why he's giving the press conference from Walter White's warehouse, but that's basically where he was <laughs> where he was on the computer with all the reporters who cover the ducks. So a couple of good quotes. Let's 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 start with the good. There was a there was a moment there, I think it was around like the 15 minute mark or so, and he'd been talking about effort and commitment and determination and such. And he had this great quote, and this is what it said. This is from Dane Altman, of course. Quote. First one to practice, last one to leave is usually a good indication of who's shooting it well. Quincy, the last month, has been that. Now, Gary, I struggled in this game against Texas A&M. Altman said that that was probably due to an ankle injury that had come up in the last week or so and had been bothering him. It did kind of look like he wasn't his normal self, but he has ended the season very, very well. And Dana Altman credited his work ethic with that. And that was off of a long tangent. He got a little bit sidetracked after, I don't even remember what the original question was. I think it got to a point where Dana didn't even remember what the original question was. But this was another quote that, that stood out to me. Quote, I've never had a good player in 42 years. He's been around the game a long time. In 42 years that I've had to ask to come out to the gym. Never. He mentioned Chris Duarte. 
and Dylan Brooks as guys who he had to chase out of the gym, was praising their work ethic to the high heavens. And his argument, I think correctly, is that that showed on the court with their play. They were very good in the postseason. They were good all season long. They were leaders for their respective Oregon teams. He then said that this year, he didn't have to chase anyone out of the gym. That's not a great sign. Now, (laughs) it's just, when you hear that from a coach, it's certainly not something he was going to say during the season, but that's what I meant when I said he, you know, he unleashed a little bit or he just kind of got some frustrations out that he would go in front of media members. This is not a hot mic. This is a press conference. And he said, yeah, I didn't have to chase guys out of the gym this year. I think that goes to something that I've talked about over the course of a few episodes with this Oregon basketball team on the pod before. That there's no alpha, there's no leader, and Will Richardson's a really good player, but he doesn't have that sort of you know natural leadership that a Peyton Pritchard, a Chris Duarte, a Dylan Brooks clearly had to set the work ethic example. Doesn't mean he doesn't work hard, but clearly Dana Altman is saying that there was no one who is a gym rat. There's no one who was wanting to put in every free second that he had to to basketball. And, and that's, I think it makes a lot of sense based on what we saw. All the inconsistencies with Oregon this year. How can you get up for an Arizona game who's in the Sweet 16, number one overall seed, or number one seed in the South region anyway, in the NCAA tournament? How can you get up for that team on the road, but Cal at home, and then the Washington schools at the end, you just lay absolute duds. This is how. And Dana is telling us here that it was a cultural issue basically all season long. And and then he went on to, to talk about uh, you know the rules that the NCAA has. And this was my favorite quote from Dana Allman. Nothing beats, you know, we were going for the Rose Bowl. We ended up in the Weed Eater Bowl. That's just, that's that's my favorite Dana Altman quote. Here's a close second. Quote, there's a 20-hour rule, 8-hour rule, 4-hour rule. We're in America. Where have you ever been penalized for working hard? I don't understand that. He then said he thinks that's why some guys decide to go pro so they can work with coaches more because there aren't limits on them being in the gym with their coaches there because the NCAA has a bunch of rules and regulations about all that sort of stuff, which might be a part of why guys leave early. I don't think it's all of it, but it could certainly play a factor when guys are looking at how their development is going to play out over the course of their basketball careers. But, oh my gosh, I love that quote. (laughs) That's fantastic, and it's just... The epitome. Look, I know there are a lot of people who enjoy going to Europe. I've been to Europe. It's a There are a lot of fun places to go. I would vacation there. I would never live there. I vacationed there before. I would do it again. There are places that I still want to go. The I, If you want to call it a stereotype about Europeans not working as hard as Americans, I'll just say as someone who's been around multiple different peoples in Europe, It is 100% true. They're great people. I lived in Spain for three months. They're wonderful people. They're very polite. I enjoyed my time there. All that good stuff. They don't work very hard. (laughs) They really don't. In Spain, they have what's called siesta time during the day. And during siesta time, you come home from work. You have the biggest meal of the day, which is lunch. And you basically take about a three to four, depending on where you work, just break in the workday. Not a 30-minute to one-hour lunch. This is like a pause in the workday. And so 
When he threw up that line, we're in America, where have you ever been penalized for working hard? I was like, dude, that is spot on. I am a fan of that quote. That's that's just fantastic. I love hearing that from my head coach. I don't care what sport it is, right? He wants to be able to get in the gym. He wants to be able to grind and get after. He's been a coach for 42 years. He could coast for the last however many years he, he coaches. He hasn't showed any signs of slowing down whatsoever, even though they didn't make the tournament this year. He could just be a coach or whatever, but he still wants to have that grit and that grind after 42 years. That's an awesome quote from Dana Altman. Really, really awesome. I'm I'm such a fan. And that mindset was what he was talking about in terms of what this team was lacking this year. Because he was asked, you know, are you looking to add more shooters? And he said, well, we're going to look at everything because we didn't achieve our goals this year. But he went straight to the work ethic. He went straight to the culture. And he said, you know, we need to get back to that mentality, that work ethic. And he believes that it's in guys on this team, but that it just wasn't there from a cultural perspective this year. And that showed on the court. And I, I appreciate that Dane Altman was this open with, with the media and indirectly us as fans of saying, yeah, guys were not gym rats the way they should have been. They weren't able, like they, they just weren't grinding the way that we are accustomed to having them do, the way that we want them to, the way they need to, to get this program where we want it to go. That's fantastic. I am I, Dana Altman didn't have to say any of this. Like I said, he wasn't asked a question about this. He was prompted with something about shooting and whether that's a need Oregon needs to address this year, which is a subject for another pod. And he instead went all in on this. I'm a fan, right? That's because... The season ended. This is what he's thinking and feeling. He said, yeah, we have to be better. We need guys who are going to be better in the gym who want to get out there and grind to be all in, committed to the Oregon basketball program. It's a real, it's a great watch. It, it, it really is. I think he just he's putting on a 15-minute clinic in, in leadership and being willing to give tough love, you know, without calling guys out individually and putting them down and giving them no hope of you know rebounding and being better next year and improving and showing that they can change for the better for this Oregon basketball program but at the same time admitting the problems that were there I think what's the first step if you're in rehab admitting you have a problem Dane Altman very aware of, of the problem of the offseason improve, improvements he said we're going to evaluate everything of course he should of course you should. Yes, it was a 20-win team. Dane Altman has never won fewer than 20 games as a basketball coach at Oregon, which is pretty remarkable. I mean, very remarkable. That's that's a heck of a streak right there. But they should evaluate everything because there were some issues this year that just kept rearing their heads, and it just left you scratching your head going, man, a team with this sort of talent, that sort of depth, with the preseason hype they had, you don't get preseason hype by accident. It means you're making moves. You have guys who could do it, but they couldn't ever find that chemistry. Oregon is going to have to replace an assistant coaching position. Chris Crutchfield is going back to his alma mater, coach at the University of Nebraska, Omaha. Congratulations, coach. And Dane Altman said he's very happy for him. He's waited a long time for this opportunity. And so we're, we're happy for him as Duck fans. And he also said, and he was very casual about this part, that he fully expects guys to test the transfer portal. And he's okay with it. Because I think in his mind, he knows the guys who are not all the way bought in to Oregon or just we're not totally clicking there. We're not allowing the culture to become what he is used to it being year in and year out. 
And he knows that those guys probably don't want to stick around and they'll leave. And I can tell you from watching his reaction, you can go check out on YouTube, but he's at peace with that. He's okay. And he wants to have guys who are fully committed to Oregon, who are going to be the, the, the sort of guys who culturally fit with what the ducks have done during Dane Altman's tenure for, for the last 12 seasons. Now 12 straight years with 20 straight wins. When this is a down year, that's when you know you have a great coach, 20 wins, Playoff win, you know, I, I get it was the NIT, but you you beat a non-conference opponent on the road to get to 20 wins. Dude knows how to flat out coach, and we're lucky to have him as Duck fans. I am so glad Dane Altman is our head coach, and boy, that was quite a press conference. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks.